Peace, y'all. Gotta start this episode off with a quick shout out to the good people over at Every Deja Vu Records, an independent record label based in Boston, Massachusetts. Starting as a blog in 2012, Every Deja Vu had its first official release as a label in 2014 and has released over 20 projects since. They've released projects from Japan, Blue, Sachi, and others spanning hip-hop, indie rock, R&B, and more. Every Deja Vu represents a contrast between the norm and the fantastical, and they align with the belief that the best stuff is happening right underneath your feet. Real Notes is proud to be sponsored by Every Deja Vu, especially for our first live taping. I mean, like, I'm, like, seriously fucking geeked about this, y'all. Like, we hit a new fucking level. <laughs> peace to Ryan for reaching out. Peace to Indie Rap. Peace to Old Bay Potato Chips. Stay tuned. What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guests for the first edition of Real Notes Live, recorded at Loudmouth Records in Brooklyn, New York, are New Jersey rapper Fatboy Sharif and New York producer, engineer, and label head Steel Tip Dove. We spoke about Oppenheimer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, the Amazon Prime show Patriot, how film scores and directors inspire Sharif's writing style, creating images with their words and beats, and the creative process behind their collaborative album Decay. Come fuck with them. Um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I don't really have much else to say, so, um, yeah, the two guys we got here are incredibly special, um, they've been working forever, and, um, the two of them coming together the way they did for this beautiful album, Decay, is extra special to me, uh, extra special to everybody in this community, and, you know, shout out to Backwoods, and, um, you know, like, we got, we got, we got, we got Jersey and New York linking up in a crazy way here, and, uh, without further ado, we got Jersey's Fat Boy Sharif. New York's Steel Tip Dove. Yeah, I'll give my big thing move. I'm a. Um, wait, sorry. Go in the middle. Yeah, 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 that works. Cool. Alright, so. I'm on the camera now. Yeah, you can. Alright. Right. First and fucking foremost, Thank the two of y'all for being here. Thank you. Like, Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Shout out everybody in the building. Y'all could have been anywhere else in the world. But y'all here with us tonight, so give yourself some love for being in the building. And then send us out, yeah. It's just our 50th birthday, and y'all chose to spend it with us. Well, it's, it's the weekend, but like, you, 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 y'all know what I mean. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's extra rare to get this guy out the house. So like, this is, this is mind you fucking mental. So give it, give, give it up for Doug. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Um, oh man. So yeah, no, like first thing, I'm gonna ask y'all the first question I ask everybody who comes on this shit. Um, what was the last movie or TV show that both of y'all watched that you had a strong opinion about? Who wants to go first? I'll start this. Can oh, no. I text you my strong opinion yeah. yesterday in real time? I seen Arbaheimer yesterday. <laughs> now, I'm not gonna lie, it was okay, but people were souping it up. It wasn't all the way. It wasn't as crazy as people's regular scene. Uh-huh. I seen that same type of movie and plot done before, better, but it was cool. Right. But afterwards, I seen the new Ninja Turtles, 
That was fire. <laughs> Shout out Max as well. That was fire. <laughs> Last TV show. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't be super duper tapped into all of the new TV shows, but I like to watch a lot of old stuff, so. Last TV show I watched was probably Kids in the Hall. Oh shit. Hell yeah. I haven't seen all the Kids in the Hall now that I think about it, but like, that's not what you told me about Oppenheimer. What did you What did you really tell me about Oppenheimer? Okay, I'm gonna go to the text message. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, nah man, that was a little tame. Honestly. He had, he had a digest. He might still might get to work with I gave him three sessions of the conversation. Alright, hold on, hold on, let me find him. Uh, I said, I said, uh, he shit all over it? Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Because he making me really find it so I can read it to y'all real talk. Nah. Oh, okay. Feel the. In the movie, man. While, while Sharif's looking dumb, what I'm about you? Um, last movie that made an impact, I think, that really stuck with me was uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh -huh. That was, that was fucking cool. Um, and I don't see a ton of movies, so I can't. I saw Megan, that was funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah? That was really cool. What did you think but of Megan? I thought it was funny. I really liked it. I didn't know what to expect. People were. Like a lot of people didn't like it, but a lot of people did too, right? Like it yeah. seemed like split right down the middle. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. It was funny. And best TV show I've seen recently is called Patriot. Has anyone here seen Patriot? No, I didn't. What is it on? So. It's on Amazon Prime. It was like okay. 2015. There's only oh. two seasons. It has nothing to do with being a patriot. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm not even gonna say anything about it. Best TV show I've seen in years. Patriot. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, what did the text say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us real quick. No, no, no. The text just had a bunch of thumbs down. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. It had a bunch of thumbs down, so I wasn't feeling it. But then the text after that said, I'm loving this Ninja Turtles movie, though, know, the fire emoji. Yeah. So, make some noise for the Ninja Turtles, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Ninja Turtles over people arguing about a bomb any day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Shit. See, I like. See, I kind of agree about Oppenheimer because I'm not the biggest Christopher Nolan fan in the world. Like, like, I, like, like, a life and shit is good, but to me, like, I don't. I feel like he doesn't understand how human beings work. Like, he, like, like, he, like, he makes, he makes movies about people and events, but like, he's so analytical and so like so craned far back that it's like he doesn't get how they work. And Oppenheimer was like the closest he came to like really understanding a person. And it had to be the guy who created the atomic bomb. <laughs> you know, so like, it, it, so, so, so like that kind of threw me. Uh, there were a lot of big ideas that he was trying to explore that just didn't like hit all the way for me personally, but beautifully directed the bomb sequence. The bomb sequence in particular was gorgeous. Like I love the, I love the, um, just the idea of like simulating like how it would suck the suck the air and just like the sound out of everything. It's like really dope, like really, really, really creative technically, but this is the closest he's come to understanding a human being and it's somebody who did that. <laughs> you know? Um, I still haven't seen Ninja Turtles. I'm kind of sad about that. I know. I wanted to see it when it came out. But uh, but I love the turtles, I love the style, the animation's gorgeous. Like just like the fact that we live in an era where people are using 
billions of dollars of CGI to create stuff that third graders create on classroom desks is hard. <laughs> that shit is crazy to me. But like, how was the actual movie? Like, tell me a little bit about the movie. No, it was dope because it was the animated version, so it took certain elements of the original, like eating the pizza and them being stuck in the sewer and all of that. But I like how they mix it with kind of like, I don't want to ruin it for anybody who might see it. But it was kind of them being scared of the outside world. So yeah. the Ice Cube character came in and he was on some. Ice Cube? Exactly. You never think you'll see Doughboy turn into a mutant until 2023. Stop That's playing games. Stop yeah. playing games. Honestly. <laughs> nah, but yeah, he was on some, yo, we mutants, so we need to kill all every human being alive. And it get deeper than that. I don't want to ruin it for people who want to see it. But I was definitely dope. Especially after I did not like all oh, right. Yeah. So I'm like, damn, my night is about to be ruined, and the turtle saved it. Okay. And you say you saw him back to back, right? Yes, back to back. Yeah. <laughs> he does it. He does this all the time. What's, oh, what's the what's the most amount of movies you've seen in one day at a theater? Oh no. <laughs> Probably like three. Okay. Regular. Only like twelve. This was back in the day, though. Back yeah. in the day, like ten or like I was there like twelve p.m. Chilling to maybe like five and keep it moving. Five. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been so long. I wanted to do Barbenheimer back to back, but like I was in Chicago and then I came home. So like I saw him like within 24 hours, but. Oh no, that shit three hours. You're not doing that. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have the time. I had other shit to do, but like it's a, uh, if Hollywood ever comes back, it'd be nice to do. I like the idea of a double feature. Double features, especially when they got nothing to do with each other. Like that's, that's like even more fun to me, like personally. No, but, sure. but um, Doug, tell me a little bit about how you felt about everything everywhere all at once, because like that's something that's like it's been sitting with me for like what's it been like a year and a half since it came out, and like yeah, I think I've seen it, it like win it won the award, right? Yeah, it won best picture. Yeah, a lot of I don't know. I just loved the everything about it, like the the special effects, the writing. I thought it was funny. It was deep and not deep at the same time. But I thought it was I thought it was really dope. Um, What's what? What are the the other the guy the Daniels right? Yeah, yeah and they yeah. did the the Little John video. That shit is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, the video <laughs> falls through the floors. Yeah, same directors. Yeah, and they got big off that video. Man. Yeah, that shit. <laughs> and what was their other movie? Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army I Man. I saw that one. That one yeah. was good. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah, that shit was good. <laughs> I haven't seen Blue Shock a lot. That's another movie called Blue Shock. No, it's a, a short. It's a short. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you see Swiss Army Man? I did. Yeah, no, we watched it. Des, when did we watch Swiss Army Man? Yeah, something like that. Um, anybody who doesn't know, Swiss Army Man's about like a corpse that somebody just like finds in the woods and they become best friends. It's like Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, it's 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 it wasn't as good as that, but it was good. You know, okay. like I, 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 I respect you. It. Seen I, it? You seen it? Talk I don't have to see it. It ain't we can have burgers. Two in particular. Cause one was fire, but two was the one. Oh, as a kid, whoa. I used to over, over, over one. You're 
crazy. Two is way better than one. Alright. I'm tweaking? Yes. Is it my birthday? Yeah. Yeah. Y'all like Y'all like this one morning part two? Bro, like, see, like, I get it because, like, two have better music because they was in the Caribbean. That's fine. <laughs> One they was like in Boston or some shit. Son, okay. Okay. Were they? <laughs> I, I don't remember. It's been too long. But like, one, one's the more iconic one to me, just because, like, yeah. that's that's like the like it's it's the first Bernies, you know. But like, but but at the same time, there are tons of sequels that are better than the first movie. So like I get it, I respect that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's and it's crazy because there are a lot of people who think a Terminator One's better than Terminator Two, and it's not. They're both great. Two different kinds of movies. Second one's better. You need one though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's what I'm talking. Two's a more with more the funding in the box. Listen, listen. Right, Robert Patrick is perfect in two. That shit's on everything. Yeah, iconic. Yeah. We all we we all wanted to melt like metal. Like, come on. Doug, tell me more about Patriot. I'm kind of curious about this Patriot show. All right, so it's like this guy is a CIA agent and. His life is so fucked up, and he starts playing cult, folk country music, like, sort of, and while he's performing, he starts just putting in real details of missions of, like, murder. <laughs> and his dad is, his dad is like, like, an agent above him, and he's like, you can't, what are you doing? You can't do that, and it's just, like, it's about him becoming this nihil, doing this awful shit, and trying to just keep it together mentally. It's really funny and dark, and the cinematography's insane. It's, it's so good. The guy, you know the guy from Lost, John Locke from Lost? He's oh, like, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. There's nobody really famous in it but him. But yeah, I couldn't recommend it more, seriously. The first episode will suck you in or not. Like, you'll, you'll know of the first episode whether, you, whether you're in or not. All right. Yeah, no, me too. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't run with Amazon Prime like that. Just torrent it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be looking for excuses to, like, just hop on the high seas anyway. I haven't been on Pirate Bay in years, but it, 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 it might be time. It might, it might be time to go back. <laughs> but nah, let's run it back with the two of you because um, there's a lot of history here. So like, what was the first movie experience that either of y'all can remember having? It could be at the theater, it could be at your cousin's house. The very first thing that comes to mind for either of you. I'll start it. Um, I would say I got a split. It's like three different movies. Okay. I see it around the same time. Yeah. Three different types too. Y'all about to be like, what the hell? <laughs> so Home Alone. Um, Candyman, Menace of Society. Wow. <laughs> I know. Both of my first three. All back to back to back? No, just around the same time. Okay. Like, I remember I seen Home Alone. I want to say my uncle showed it to me at the crib, and I'm like, oh, this is dope. Cool. I like this movie there. Then I see Candyman, I'm like, oh, shit, a nigga with a hook. This is a whole different type of movie. <laughs> but I fuck with this. This is dope, too. The Menace of Society, I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to watch this damn tape. The whole movie of this murder that's going on. This movie is insane. But yeah, that was that kind of explains my whole personality. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're very goofy, and like Home Alone is very goofy, so I see it. <laughs> not, and not in a bad way. I'm no, sorry. No, no, I, 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 I didn't even mean it like no, that. No, no. <laughs> that's just that's just such like a like that's just such like a three combination like. 
Home Alone, Menace to Society, and Candyman? Like, within the same year, I would say. Within the same three year. different family members, too. Okay. Uncle, father, uncle. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, so which one do you like the most? Like, if you had to pick one that, like, kind of was like, that's the one that did it for me. Like, is, is there one? At that age or right now in 2023? Now. Oh, um, this is fun. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> nah, it was a that shit is Criterion. But the other one, literally, it's Criterion. I got the Criterion shit. The other one's all classic, but I can see the message and the meaning in that movie. Stick, stick, and strike harder nowadays, especially when you see what's going on. Going on with the world and all of that. Yeah. For sure. Nah, especially especially like especially when you people do this all the time and it's kinda unfair, but like stacking it against um why am I forgetting the name? Boys in the Hood. You know, like it's 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 like not exactly a one of one comparison all the time because they're like two different tones almost. Like yeah. like they they both have sad endings, but like menace is like like we're not getting out the hood, bro. Like it's 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 over. Like you know, it's just uh no, it's crazy because I remember we were talking about that at the train station. Yeah. The Hughes brothers, they were saying when they wrote the script for Minister Society, they literally wrote it to be halfway scene by scene like Goodfellas. Right. Because they said uh, Scorsese did an Italian gangster flick. They wanted to do their perspective of that from the black side. So right. that was always dope to me too. Once I heard about that and watched it again, from that perspective, it was always dope. Right, yeah, and on top of the fact, on top of the fact that they like, they got so many like local people to just like yeah, be in sure. a movie. Like they were just like shooting at people's houses, and they were like, "Hey, you want like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars? Just like be an extra for a day." Like, I mean, like they deserve more than that. Like, I, I don't know how much money they got, but it was just cool that they like really brought the community in to like be in the movie. But sad movie, man. Like I've seen it three times, and that's like maybe I'll watch it like a handful more times before I die. Like it, it, I, I, don't, I don't need to. That, that's not one of those I watch every year. You know, it's, it's, it is not for sure. That shit is rough. But tough. What about you? Oh, first, man. first movie experience you can remember. Um, I'm trying to think. Like first experience I remember being in a theater, like with friends, uh, was a couple things. Uh, the mask was crazy. Uh, <laughs> I was the right age <laughs> for going, like probably like ten or oh, hell yeah. old or something. I don't know, but. That was a big, because we went a couple times, because we were just dying. <laughs> right. And Jurassic Park was a big deal in the theater when I was really young. I bet that doesn't move. Does that hold up? Like, yeah. I, I haven't yeah. seen that. I think good. it holds up. Um, but those are early memories of like being in a theater. And then at home, it must have been like the Disney movies when you were a kid. Like <laughs> yeah. VHS and shit on that age. So, um, but yeah, definitely those two movies, The Mask was killing us in the theater. Man. Um, Jurassic Park was a big deal. The first time I saw The Mask, I remember thinking, damn, I wish I saw this in a theater. <laughs> I, was, I was too young um, to, I'm trying to remember what year it came out, like, but. 94. 94, and, and that, Ace Ventura, and something else no, came out. Shoot up the Ace Ventura. What's the other one? There's like, like, What's the other one? No, 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 no. What? Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber, all the same year. One year for us. That, that would, that, that, they would not let that happen. Flash that's so great. Dumb and Dumber was funny yeah. too. No, Dumb and Dumber the shit. What do you think about that? I remember I told my mother, because they both came out around the same time, like you said. Yeah. I wanted that on VHS for my birthday. <laughs> so I'm like, Mom, I love this movie. Please give me Dumb and Dumber. She got me the mask. I cried for at least like 10 hours. I'm like, yo, this movie good. I'm going to watch this. I didn't even see 
This is Sheep Dog So, whenever you bring up the match, I just think about I was mad at her with my mother for like two days. Because she wanted me that for my birthday over and over and over. See, see that's funny because I was mad as hell when I first saw Son of the Mask because that shit was trash. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, I was, I was so amped. I saw that shit on a cruise ship, and it was like, and, 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 and like on the cruise ship, it was like, it was on one of those like TV channels where it was playing every, it was playing like every like two, three hours. So like every time I'd come back in the activities, it'd just be like, oh yeah, Son of the Mask is on. And it would, every single, I, I don't know that I saw the movie all the way through from beginning to end. Every single part was asked. Every single part. Every single like, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was like. Is it worse than Dumb and Dumb? Uh, well, Hell no! Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no! Could Harry Met Lloyd shit me? Is it worse than Is it worse than Belly Two? That's a bad one. That's a bad one. No, 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 you live in a blessed world. You don't know about Belly Smart too. guy. <laughs> but like, but 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 back to Dumb and Dumber. It's crazy because there was um, there was Dumb and Dumber too, and then when Harry met Lloyd, like Book was just talking that was about. The, yeah, prequel. And, yeah, that was the prequel. That was terrible too. <laughs> it had the Bob Saget scene. What? Oh, oh shit! Yeah. Everywhere! <laughs> Damn it! I forgot about the Yeah. Damn, Jesus. It's been so long. But nah, like. What were we talking about? I just lost my train of thought. The, nah, first, like, <laughs> the first movie <laughs> as a young Right. Yeah, yeah, but nah, like, it's just. Something, but uh, right, no, we were talking about sequels that are better than the original. That was it. So, like, sometimes, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's just like. If it makes me laugh, I'm gonna remember it regardless. Like, if it's good or bad, you know, it's better than being boring. Like, <laughs> like, like, a, like, a movie could be terrible. I'm gonna talk about it for three weeks. But if it's, but, but if it's not, Man, it, it happened, you know. Like I like, gotta gotta like remember shit that happened like five hours after, and it's like, why did you even make this? Like people, you you spent forty million dollars on this movie, and I didn't remember it after I saw it. Like I'd be ashamed. I'm sure that movie was forty million dollars. Probably not, but I'm I'm, 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 just, I'm just throwing out numbers. But but no, so like as so like as y'all as the both of y'all got a little older and started to have more life experiences and just see more things. Um, was there a movie that kind of stopped you in your tracks and touched you in a, um, just like made you, just like connected with you in a way that was like more than just, this is 90 minutes of entertainment, like this is fun, cool, like is it just, just anything that like really was like, this is a film type shit, you know? Uh, Punch Drunk Love, I thought it was really mm -hmm. fucking good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can see that. And then uh, Eternal Sunshine was really good. Oh, yeah. I thought that shit was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally different too. Um, and then, what else did the guy that punched Trump love to? PTO? Boogie Night. Boogie Night. Boogie Night. Crazy. Crazy. Magnolia. Magnolia. Crazy. Throwing the, the fireworks. Um, yeah, but I'd say those. I really like those. Paul Thomas Anderson movies a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I hated Licorice Pizza. I feel like I can say it. I feel like I feel like I feel like I talk about this a lot. It's it's you you miss nothing, bro. It was it was that's that's the only one of his movies that I look and I'm like. But the rest, you know, like between Punch Drunk Love and Boogie Nights, like he's just 
all of his movies are so spectacular. Like he's somebody like Christopher Nolan in the sense that like his movies are so technically gorgeous, but he makes them about like, he takes like these huge, like epic spanning things and makes them just like so, what's the word I'm looking for? Like regular, you know? Like Boogie Night's all about the porn industry and that's just like a whole bunch of people arguing about money in a pool. <laughs> most of the time, you know, and like, and 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 then just like Don Cheadle getting caught up in like the worst shootout in movie history <laughs> at the at the at the donut shop. But like, he's just he's he 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 can either take these he can either take these really like intimate stories and make them super grand, or take things that are super grand and make them super intimate. And like Punch Drunk Love is a really good example of one of those. And I feel like it taught way more, it, I feel like it taught pretty much everybody that Adam Sandler could like, I hate to say it like this, but like actually act, you know? Like he's, he's he was fantastic at what he did. Like he's, he is fantastic at what he does when it's good. But like Punch Drunk Love was definitely one of the first times where I was like, oh, this is like, this isn't Billy Madison. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't Happy Gilmore. He's not, he's not, he's not getting whipped with the, with the, with the golf club by Bob Barker, you know? Like, <laughs> So what was it about Punch Drunk Love that really struck you? Um, the way it looked, first of all, like this, the long shots. I love shit like that when they do really long shots in movies, like unbroken shots. Uh, that definitely stuck with me. And the music, the coloring, like it was all kind of blue. Like, yeah, just everything about the way it looked. And then the crazy acting, like, um, what's the guy that died? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. crazy in it. I loved him. He would just scream. Like I feel like he improv so much of it. Like yeah. I don't know. Everything about it just really stuck with me. It was a really cool movie when I saw it. And then uh, Eternal Sunshine, same thing. Like the way it was shot, the crazy camera tricks that they did, um, and kind of a similar thing where it's somebody like Adam Sandler. You're seeing him step outside and do something yeah. totally different. Jim Carrey did the same thing. Like went went crazy with the acting. Where you're like, what this guy? So yeah, I think similar sort of vibes on why I like both for sure. Right. Yeah. I feel that. Like the crazy, um, I mean, like Jim Carrey also had a bit of a head start in the drama department because he had done like he had done like Man on the Moon, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and Andy, Andy, Andy Kaufman was Andy Kaufman was something else, man. And then uh, what was that? What was that other movie where he was like the he was like a Marine who lost his The Majestic? Anybody here seen The Majestic? Oh, that wasn't good though. It wasn't. It was it was it was a bad movie. It was a bad movie. <laughs> It's not great. It's not great, but my son was acting. You know, like he was. It was, and, and but but then like Eternal Sunshine was like a whole other. Like it's just like really mind blowing shit. I'm a, I'm a huge Charlie Kaufman dude. He's been he's been he's been the man forever. Being John Malkovich is one of my favorite that's, movies. That's, that's, that's that 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 oh, man like the ending of being John Malkovich is one of the saddest, depressing things I've ever seen in my life. I'm gonna spoil it because it's like it's 30 years old. So like, so like, so like, the, so like the whole point or like the whole plot of the movie is like for anybody who hasn't seen it, like there's this office building in New York, and it's got this, uh, it's got this, it's got like a, the 15th and 7 8th floor. It's like not like a full floor, like the ceilings up to everyone's heads and shit. And like there's a storage closet where if you go inside the shit, you can go inside John Malkovich's brain for 15 minutes and like be him and like puppet puppeteer his body. And then after the 15 minutes, you get spat out in a portal outside the New Jersey turnpike. Yeah. Literally like I-95, it's like I had never, like I feel like I'd seen shit like that. that. Crazy. It's wild, it? like it's- I had seen it in a while. So like, long story short, at the end of the movie, 
at the end of the movie, like, other people start using the portal, like, there's this, like, whole group of old people who, like, they all, they all, um, they're all immortal because they managed to get into the, per like, it's always gonna be a different person once every, like, 86 years or some crazy number like that. So, like, a bunch of old people will go into the portal and, like, inhabit the body and, like, live through the body. And, like, I, yeah, it's, like it's like every 86 years, the thing uh, changes to a different person. It's like, it's like a baby. And uh, one of the characters winds up inside the head of his ex-girlfriend's young daughter. And he can't get out. So like he's, and like, and she left him for another woman, her daughter. So he has to watch his ex live a new life with her new partner at, through his daughter's eyes. And it's just like, he's just stuck in the head and it's, it's over. Like he's, 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 he's just, it's like, I, I was, I was like, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go to sleep after I said that shit. That's, that's, that, that's like, like being stuck in a body that you can't control and just are just like passively experiencing life is one of the scariest things in the world to me. Like having no autonomy. I, 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 I mean, there's a lot of people of color in here. We all know what that means to an extent. But like, it's just like literally not having control over your body is one of the most terrifying things on planet Earth to me. But he got that. Like he made that movie funny. That movie's funny as shit. Like, I don't understand how he did it, but, um, but yeah, um, Eternal Sunshine. Oh yeah, Eternal Sunshine. Um, there's, a, there's a whole sequence in Eternal Sunshine where like, he's like running through the house and constantly changing clothes. He did all of that in one take and had to like practice how he was gonna take his clothes on and put them off. Like, it, or, I said take his clothes on and put them off. And, and, and it, it doesn't matter, but like, yeah, thank you. They did a lot of practical <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, like, they, in camera tricks and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no, nah, like they, they were, they Michelle were, they Gondry. were, right, yeah, Michelle, Michelle Gondry's, yeah. I, I wish I liked his solo material more, <laughs> you know? Um, Science of Sleep and the Green Hornet movie and all that, it's, it's, like, Eternal Sunshines, that's, that, that's the watermark, that's the milestone for sure, like, those are, but yeah, Sharif, what about you? It's dope for me, because, I'd say a lot of the movies I was saying that had me like, oh, this is dope. Like, this is a whole another dope form of creation. It went into my writing too. So right. I would say Minority Report, yeah. uh, Seven, yeah. Yeah. Fear and Loathing, yeah. Matrix, uh, even older stuff like Ganja S, like, like, yeah, like all of those type of movies, even if you go from just like, certain just scenes in the story. Like the scene in Seven where he got all of the Christmas lights. Uh -huh. He had the dude in the house for like five years. I'm like, yo, you can really do that creatively? I'm like, they can do that on film. I can do that in music. <laughs> so a lot of that kind of influenced me on my creating creation. Right, you know, I could tell, like we're gonna get into it a little later, but just like, you know. You're all like your like your style of writing is so like impressionistic. Like you just like you just like work in images like vignettes. It's just like it just be like half a bar is just like a picture, and then you're already moving on to painting something completely different. And you're just like telling it's like it's 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 like six hundred stories in one song, bro. It's like really fun. It's like like listening to your music is kind of like a scavenger hunt for me. Like in in in, in that way because it's just I appreciate like, you, bro. yeah nah like that that, that that's just just ill to me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, nah, like, let's run over, let's run over to the music shit. When was, when was, when was the first time y'all really started to, like, lock in the music? Like, Dub, I remember we talked and you had said that, uh, 
Um, you would say that your first experience was with, uh, or one of your first experiences was with Bloodhound Gang and Liquid Swords? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I remember a kid in my middle school gave me Liquid Swords, Bloodhound Gang on CD on the same day. Or no, on cassette tape. Oh, and, and uh, Stakes is High. And I would just run those tapes on repeat, sure. those three tapes, over and over again. Um, that was an early memory for sure. And then the first, that those were tapes, and then the first CDs, I remember I feel like I had the Friends soundtrack, <laughs> and that one song, uh, Alanis Morissette, Jaggy Little Pill, still a banger album, um, Green Day, Dookie, I don't know. But I was a little kid, like that album's fire too. Yeah. Dookie is the shit. Yeah, Dookie's Yo, good looks to DreadSock.com for sponsoring this episode of Real Notes. Anyone who has curly or locked hair like me knows how sacred a good hair wrap is. A do-rag, a wave cap, a scarf, a bandana, a bonnet, you name it. DreadSock goes a step beyond the average with silk-based head wraps that offer full protection and frizz control for curls from 2A to 4C. They're made of a blend of breathable materials to help retain hair's moisture and preserve hairstyles enough to ensure a few less trips to the salon, all held down with an elastic band strong enough to withstand even the most aggressive head trips. Whether you wear one to bed or wear one on the go, DreadSock will have you looking fresh and full. Socks come in all sizes, from shorties for short hair and beginner twists to extra large for the longer locked folks out there. Look, y'all, I've been growing my locks for nearly two decades and have been a loyal DreadSock customer for 15 years. So when I tell you these shits work, I'm dead ass. Plus, they're an independent black owned business that's worth the time and energy. So go to DreadSock.com and use promo code CINEMASAI, that's C-I-N-E-M-A-S-A-I, for 10% off your first order. They won't fall off in your sleep, but they will keep you looking fresh. Thanks again to DreadSock for sponsoring the episode. Now let's keep this shit moving. Before hip hop, because I started writing raps around like fourth grade, third or fourth grade. But before that, I was super heavy influenced by a lot of like grunge and heavy metal stuff. Right. So like White Zombie and Primus and uh, uh, dancing and all of that yeah. type of stuff. Like any type of anything that was dope writing wise, but had a certain amount of energy and creativity to it. I was always it always attracted me. Right. Sure. Yeah, no, I just gotta say that Les Claypool is one of the best bassists of all time. He's he's he's, a, he's immortal, man. I love he was he like him and Thunder kind of the reason I wanted to try bass at one point in my life. Like I I uh, I think I still got my bass somewhere in my closet. But like those are you know like that's like that's such a range that's such a range of things, and it like really comes through in like both of the music that y'all make. But before we before we get to there directly. Um, was there a period of time when the both of y'all consciously realized that music and film are two things that can complement each other? 
Like it could be, it could, it could be in any form, like whether it's like a soundtrack you heard in a movie that was dope, or like a music video. It doesn't have to be either of those, but like I feel like those things come in like many forms. So. No, I would definitely say from the beginning of the film, from scores to soundtracks, even just how I always liked how certain scenes you could kind of call the scene before it happened because of the music that led up to it. So, for example, I'll go back to seven. The scene when they take your John Doe into the desert and they find the box. The music that's playing, mm-hmm. it couldn't have been no other music to explain that scene. Meaning, if you pause that scene and just play that music, that could be something that you envision, just like in reverse. Yeah. So yeah, always. That's one thing that later on down the line, not even down, later on down the line, but that's one thing I want to get involved with. Scoring certain type of movies and soundtrack stuff, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can see it. I can see it for you, honestly. Like, there's, like, there's just worlds. There's just worlds of the shit that you write, and like, it's it's like it's really ill for me to hear that. Like, you pull, you also pulled as much from as much from music or, or as much from film as you did from music. Like, that's, nah, definitely all the time. Yeah, no, that shit is crucial. Doug, what about you? I'm trying to think. Before I was like into making music and stuff. Obviously, movies and stuff. But um, what was huge for me was skate tapes. You remember no. the New York mixtape, yeah. all the four one one tapes, and like shorties tapes, and stuff like that. I would hear music I didn't hear before on those skate tapes, and then have to search it out, wait for the credits, look at the band name, and then try to find the shit. I remember skate tapes being a huge influence for me musically. Um, I can't really link it to movies like Shreve can though. Like I, I, I fuck with music and movies and scores, and I would love to work on stuff like that though. Doesn't, I can't. I can't front and be like movie scores influence me because I don't think they they have. Right, and that's cool. You know, like they, yeah, 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 you know, like they don't have to either. Yeah, like you know, you like, know like it's it's. I love them, but yeah. Yeah, no, nah, just John like, Bryan. John Bryan. Oh man, that shit is crazy. I fuck with John Bryan a lot. Yeah, he's he's he 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 does like eighty. He does like eighty million different things with the music yeah. he makes. Like I can't. I I like just like just. Ugh. Like all the stuff he did for Mac Miller and just like all the different film scores, he, he's 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 crazy with it, man. Um, but nah, like it's it, it's just all about like associating sound and yeah. image, you know, and like and, 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 and yeah, like skate skate tapes are just skates yeah, no, nah, like skate tapes and skating culture were like a really big a really big uh, window for me. I really I really got a lot of it through like tapes and Tony Hawk and shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, nah, like yeah, no, nah, like but, um uh, Tony Hawk Underground Two World Destruction Tour is like that's one of my yeah, one yeah, one one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Just like put me on to hella three inches of blood and rancid and like that's kind of how I got into like rhyme sayers and stuff. Like I, that was the first time I'd ever heard atmosphere. They had they had um trying to find a balance on there. All yeah, that shit. You know, like, that was that was that was a uh, you know like game soundtracks in particular were a really big like game and movie soundtracks were a really big music discovery tool for me. You know, on some on some shit. Um, so you know, like as the both of y'all you know like move through your lives. Um, when did you first? When did y'all first know that music would become more than just a hobby for you? Like, when was it? When, when, when did y'all become lifers? <laughs> Ish. <laughs> I'd say for me about close to ten years ago, because around that time I did a lot of feature work and a lot of freestyles and stuff like that. But I always wrote. Like I said, I wrote for years before I even started recording. Mm-hmm. So. For me, within that time period, it was just sharpening my skill, making sure I was writing stuff that was different than I thought other people would write, and 
I would rap it, and people would be like, yo, that's dope. You should record that. Like, you, like I think it's a, a lean for that. Right. So once I said to myself, like, all right, I'm going to really sit back and put 110% into this on just coming up with certain concepts and stuff and certain flow patterns and all of that. It kind of all started to just fall in line for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, like you, you, yeah, no, nah, Doug, what about you? Uh, longer than that, it was like maybe 18, maybe even 19 years ago, I had friends, uh, I was living up in Poughkeepsie, who wanted to start making music, who wanted to start like rapping and singing and stuff. And they asked if I wanted to, and I wasn't really interested in doing that, but I was interested in buying, I was like, you need someone to record you, like, I'll buy the computer, I'll figure out how to do that part, because that sounds really fun to me. Because I was, I was becoming obsessed with music at that point, so when they wanted to do that, I wanted to be involved, but I didn't feel like writing or doing any of that. So the first thing I learned how to do was like the original Garage Band, like the first time that was out. And then I just became obsessed with messing with the different effects in it. And anytime they would want to record, I was excited. So it just kind of developed from there. And then I tried to play with the little virtual instruments and make tracks and stuff. Eventually got into sampling. What was the first track you made that you were like happy with? Both of you, honestly. (laughs) I, I definitely don't know, but I remember, you know, the first time one of those friends probably recorded on something I made, that was probably really fun, because it was usually just downloading Lil Wayne beats or whatever, <laughs> they just wanted to record on them so we could learn how to do it. Um, but I must have put something together in GarageBand, like with their little loops and stuff, and the virtual instruments, and if they rapped on that, that was probably, I was psyched on that, probably. Yeah, I remember that. <clears throat> what about you, sure? For me, I'd say about 2014, 2015, I was, had a duo at the time. Uh, Interview Station, shout out to my man Soundtrack from Jersey City. Right. And we put out a project and it was super dope. And I remember just hearing those songs back and performing those songs. I was like, yo, this is dope. Like, <laughs> it made me excited. It made me to, it made me keep going and keep pushing creatively and all of that type of stuff. So, yeah, I would definitely say stuff I was doing around that time. But, and it's dope because it's a lot of people in the building that I knew from back then that is still around me. So, Shout out to y'all for same here, bro. People have known my whole life for you. You gotta, yeah, you, gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta hold them close to your heart at for all sure. times, man. Like I love y'all for real. Um before before we get into y'all's relationship, I wanna touch a little bit on each of your each of your respective careers. Like, Dove, I know you've you've you produced for more artists than I can even imagine and like you've engineered for even more than that you know like between like you know like that's racist and lacutus and you know, like our homie uh our mutual homie yc the cynic otherwise known as kemba and last uh um, alaska you went alaska adams just put a project out this year like uh, named after the show patriot the entire concept of that yeah you I'm gonna watch this damn show, Patriot. It better be fire, cause you going all this hell for it. He going too loud. He going crazy. The shit better blow my socks off. See, I want to say that. I, I had to say that. See, no, dark comedy. All right, it better be fire. See, no, the thing is, this is the toughest critic I know right here. Sharif is Sh- Sharif is the harshest critic I know. He also he, likes Lil Wayne Reber. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wilding. We both have some drinks on there. Silence. 
Okay. Sorry, okay. I feel bad now. <laughs> Just so y'all know, this is the last thing me and this man will ever do. <laughs> so, thank y'all for y'all support. Oh what were you funny? You, you professor, my man. I'm not worried. It's a good show. Yeah. I'm going to tap into it. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to do it too now. Fuck it. But, you know, it's like you're... You know, it's like your beats and your production and just like your mixing and engineering style. It's like every, just, you know, just just such a range from digital to grungy to just plain spooky. Just like, and you know, you started your own label and you've got really crazy things going on over there. Um, just considering that you're at this point now where you're doing these three things, um, you know, just like as a producer, as an engineer, and as a label head. Which of those three things do you think came easiest to you and why? Uh, easiest? Producer, because I just get really stoned and then push the buttons and like, that's <laughs> so fun and like, that's what I've been doing a lot. You know, I started engineering, but you know, producing is the most fun thing, you know, you make a bunch of beats, like that shit is, so that's the easiest, you know, like, right. it's just so easy to start making beats and if they come out good, then it's great. If they don't, whatever, try Marth. But, and then, it, it's all very fun though. Like the engineering is, is so fun because I meet so many ridiculous artists and get to work closely on their music in like an intimate way before it ever comes out. So it's like this very kind of special thing. So I really respect that as well, for sure. Right, yeah, nah, and like, and like, all, you know, all, the, all those things are so different. Yeah. And so uh, it's just always really interesting to me to see how that comes together and like how like, do you, do you feel? Do you feel like all that? Do you feel like anything? Like, does anything you do as a producer or engineer kind of influence the way you look at releasing music through a label, or like has like been, or like has running a label informed you about things about music that you might not have thought about before? Um, before before running the label, it became fun and funny to to realize how. It, Incredible it is to like use spreadsheets and organization, and like it, it is astonishing the amount of artists that I that I've worked with. I'll send them a spreadsheet with all the songs and like notes, and they'll be like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. They'll be like, "Thank you." Like I can look at the organization and kind of bringing that. Like I've had corporate day jobs before, and I still do, and kind of like bringing that just like project management organization to the table is is fun and funny and and gets a, so does a lot for the projects. It really helps a lot. Right. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, no, that's like, that's just like, it's a circle of life type thing. And, and that's just, that's not something that I have a lot of experience with myself, but like, or at least not when it comes to like directly making music and like releasing it and shit. But yeah, no. But like Sharif, like you've been so prolific for, you know, like you've just been on, you've been on a crazy run, particularly for the last like three, four years. You know, like around the first time you and I met was like right after Gandhi Loves Children came out. Yeah. And you know, just like it's just been a, you know, like none of your two albums, you know, like both of y'all, but like you in particular, like none of your two albums sound the same, and like it's just like always just these like new ideas, and just like once again, just like these landscapes that you just manage to create. Um, you know, just like walk me through your just like your typical writing process. Like when you hear a beat, like do you usually come with your own stories or and ideas, or do you like let a beat speak to you and like let it tell you what to do? Me personally, I always kind of let the music speak to me, but more of, from the spiritual end. So, like for example, we make it decay. I'll take certain beats home and I'll put them on this big speaker in my room and play them for like eight hours when I'm sleeping. 
And usually when I'm sleeping, I'll see different colors and shapes and different temperatures and all of that. And in my head, I'm just like, all right, the connection between these words is literally just the the spirit world. So I'm like, basically, me writing is always like, how can I bring these messages that came to me in the spirit to life so people can see them and understand them? So that always been my process for a minute. And you can even ask... Really, you can ask Bookerville and Roper in the back. They get annoyed because I'll play the same beat for like five hours. Like, yo, this shit is dope. I see this, 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 and that. But that always been my part, part of my process to kind of enhance it. So yeah, no, I really just like let it like sit and simmer. And you know, yeah, no, for sure. Because to me, that's one thing that's music is great right now. But from all genres, like it's a lot of different artists where you can hear something and be like, all right. I can tell he heard that and just wrote to it. He ain't really sit with it. He ain't really let it. He ain't let it grow with him. He ain't really let it go into his body the way it should. Like, and I never wanted to do that. Like, I'm always like, it's no time period on when our creation can come out. There's no, it's not a time clock on when the creative bug should hit. So to me, it's always just like, all right, I'm gonna take all this time. I'm gonna take all this energy and make sure when it come out, it's something special. Yeah, nah, like, I see the the benefits of both, of course. Like, there's, like, so many benefits to just, like, like, I I was just having a conversation with somebody within the last couple days where it's just, like, more often than not, like, the first idea you have is going to be the best depending on the situation you're in. But, like, at the same time, like, being able to live with music, being able to live with beats, like, whether you're making them or just, like, rapping to them, it's, like, it's just, like, it's kind of, it's kind of, like, listening to music, like, the way I listen to it for work. It's just, like... You won't, you know, like sometimes you like you won't even like you like you'll notice things on the fifth or sixth listen that you didn't on the first, and then you like feel like oh damn, like I'm mad, I missed that detail, like I didn't, I couldn't make that connection. Like no, no, no. I super agree with you on the first idea is most of the time usually the best, but I'm going from the aspect of the first idea being enhanced. Right. So like for example, yesterday I took my mother out for her birthday. We talking. Hey. She literally had just a conversation with me about a friend of hers and something that she's going through. It gave me a whole concept for a project. So I got a title for it. I got a, I got the beat I wanted to sound in my head. Now I just got to find the words to express what she was telling me within our conversation. Right. And it won't be, when she hear it, she's not going to know it's from that. <laughs> but like, in my head, that's the first idea. So now I'm like, all right, this probably not even going to be ready to be seen for like three or four years. And it's just like, all right, I got a title, I got... Sands, all right, now I just let everything else just naturally happen. Like <laughs> that's hard, honestly. Like just like letting it letting it simmer and develop and like having an inspiration, but having it like the inspiration being there, but it not being like directly tied to the inspiration, that's dope. That's really hard to do. No no no, because even going back to film, like yeah. recipes William Freakin. Oh man, for real. One of my favorite directors, cause you can see literally five movies of his. And the essence is not like Bug. Bug, not like the French Connection. But literally, it took him five or six years to make some of the movies. He had the inspiration, but it wasn't time for it. Right. And that's how I create a lot of stuff. Like, in certain projects and songs now that's done with Dove, Roper, a bunch of different collaborators. But I'm like, yo, people are not even going to, they're not even going to care, be ready to hear this until they hear the other chapters of the book. Yeah. Like they, me just giving them chapter nine, it's like 
that's cool, but I wish I heard chapter four, five, six, seven, and eight for his life. And I'm like, yeah, that's coming later. Like, right. <laughs> and, and that's a and that's a perfect segue into decay, because like once again, like the two of y'all just the two of y'all just created something that feels like dilapidated and lived in. And it's like 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 I remember like I remember the first time I walked into I remember the first time I walked into an apartment project building and that's what decay made me feel like. What apartment yeah. building? What project building is this? <laughs> <laughs> different types of projects. Cause I walked in somewhere, I'm like, damn, these niggas might kidnap me and shoot me to death put me back in the car. That feeling is different than like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. I don't like being here, but I'll come back no, later. No. Which one was it? It was so it was so it was so it was in a stairway. Like a mixture of ball. It was in a basement. It was in it was in like a real dirty, dingy basement. Sheesh. And it was just like but like but like I wasn't uncomfortable. Oh it wasn't uncomfortable. It just felt like it just felt like this it just kinda of felt like the space was lived in and like things had been there, people had been in there. You know, like it was like being in there was an experience in and of itself. And it's it's, it's strange to think about it. I literally just thought about it right now, but like that's kinda of how decay made me feel. Like just like the words and the sounds, it's just like no, I could touch it. You know, appreciate and I could touch it and smell it. And like I want to start with you, Doug. Like, cause I know if I remember correctly, you gave Sharif a pack of beats that you had. You already made them before. Yeah, no, and he came through to choose them, so I didn't need right. them. Uh, so, like, what was going through your brain when you made these? Like, there's like four I picked out that we'll talk about later. It doesn't like, work like um, it doesn't really work like that. Like, I'll just make a bunch a night, and then I'm like a week or two without even making any, or maybe I'll make one or two a night for a few days. So, it. And they'll be all different sounds. Like they won't. Uh, maybe they'll have like some sort of. Maybe if it's the same night, they'll have some sort of similar vibe. But usually not. So when he came over, I was just playing the whole list, like any random stuff. Right. And then after he chose the first few, which was like I think like Brandon Lee and Phantasm, maybe Designer Drugs. Was that early? After he chose those and took those home from the first session, came back the second session. There was already a slight vibe happening. Then the second session, you chose some more beats, and I think, like, even we're close to having the name and stuff like that. So the world just kind of developed naturally through Sharif really making the selection, and then each time him coming through, I knew which ones to play towards that vibe. But I would just go through random anyway, so, yeah. That's hard. Sharif, what was, um, can you remember, like, one of the first experiences? Actually, no, I, I even forgot to ask. How did y'all two first meet? So somebody put the Smithsonian video on my time. Like I saw, I saw it on Twitter. Somebody I can't remember who. And I saw it and watched it and really liked the song. And so I DM'd it on Instagram. And I was like, "This project's crazy." I'm listening to it. it, sounds dope. And then he was like, "All right, let's get on the phone." We got on the phone, and I was like, "Come there." There's a lot of mutual friends already, and like I'm familiar with individual music, and it's a very natural process. And then took the two and a half hour trip to. To Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Shout out to my man, though. I just want to say, anybody from Jersey in the building, make some noise for yourself. Yeah. Uh, and if there's anybody from New York in the building, make love for us. Come in all the way out here. This is a two and a half hour drive. This is a two and a half hour drive. That's how much we love y'all. And we love that energy. It's far as hell. Huh? <laughs> 
What was what was your first what was your first impression with Dove's music, Drew? Like what 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 really stuck out to you about what he does? Cause it's a legend right here, man. Yeah, hey, no, that's literally when we got on the phone, we got to talk and chopped it up. He told me come through, so I went to his spot again for my Jersey heads. I went to the wrong damn um, Barclay. No, not Barclay. What's the other? Subway stop. I went to the wrong Atlantic stop. Yeah. So I was on a whole other side of Brooklyn. I'm calling him, I'm like, bro, where the fuck you at? You the walk to your hour and 20. You drag the wrong spot. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not going to go home because I came all the way the fuck out of here. So I'm going to find this damn studio. Found the studio. We kind of hit it off from the top. And kind of what I liked about his beats was kind of just the world they created. And it kind of mm-hmm. had me write a different way than I was usually writing, tapping into certain things. and. Like you said, during the first two or three sessions, we kind of had a lot of the skeleton for the album. So songs like Brandon Lee, songs like Billy Monster, songs like The Farewell Outfit. And we kind of put the rest of the concept of the album around that. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, it was just kind of natural. That's tight. Yeah, no, like, um, A, I'm happy you mentioned that because I was going to ask, like, if you came to Decay with the theme in mind at all. But also, just like, just like speaking to like, you know, um, like as a testament to Doug's sound, like, like the first time I heard "Call Me When You're Outside," like it's just like his album that he put out. It's a compilation through Backwoods. Super far. Yeah, like it's it's just like it's just everything about it is just like bleach white. It's 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 like weird to describe it like that, but it's just like it feels just like a bone laying in the middle of the street that's just been stripped of everything, but just like the whiteness on the bone. You know, like it, it almost doesn't look real. You know, it does, it, it, it's, it's like real, but it's not real. Yeah, you know, yeah. and like that's, I, I, I've always appreciated that quality about all of your music, you know, like everything I've heard. Like I can sit here and list titles forever. But like, no, and I was gonna say like, again, like you said, the world he created within the music. Yeah. I'm one of those people like, usually when I'm sitting and zoning out to music, I like to cry to it. So if I can cry mm-hmm. to it, I know it's something special. Like, wow, I've <laughs> never seen you cry. That's crazy. You never seen me listen to music uh, for like eight hours Dark. straight. So. You can't listen to Reaper. He said, "Listen to Reaper." One more Reaper slam, I'm getting a new damn DJ. You want to be my DJ, y'all? He's fired. Reaper hard. Fuck him. Oh my god. So hard. Exactly. Before before we get to specific songs, um, you know, like when. Um, you know, like y'all both have different and like respectively long relationships with Backwood Studios. Uh, shout out to Woods, shout out to Backwood, shout out to Anton. Amazing, they're going on a fucking run right now. They've yes, been sure. on a run forever. Yes, sure. You know, um, but like, but just like, when did a like was this a was this a deal where y'all brought the album to the label, or was this an idea that was like, oh, like y'all should work together and like you made it happen, or like when did so like when did it when did it reach that or no. then? No, I would say kind of like around the end of the recording process, me and Dove was talking and kind of figuring out what we wanted to do with it. He brought up backwards from his relationship and dropped it and called me when you go outside. He was like, yeah, I think backwards could be a dope spot for the album. We showed the album to Woods. He was feeling it. Thought it was dope and kind of like the rest of the rest was history with it. Yeah. Nah, and yeah, you, you know, like since you have since you have such an extensive history with the label, like talk to me about working with Backwoods and like what it was like to 
Because I mean, like you like you you've like you like produced for Woods forever, and like you have you have beats and have been engineering for like projects for you know like for um, for like a good minute. But just like yeah. you know, like at this point with a project like Decay, because like I feel like the I feel like running from Call Me When You're Outside to Decay is just like these are. Like this, these are like the biggest spotlights you've ever had. For sure. You know, like so, like what was it like to kind of be in that position when you've been working with them behind the scenes and then just being like here with me and us on a Saturday night <laughs> and it's kind of hot outside. And uh, like, yeah. It was great. I mean, shout out to Billy Woods. He yeah, sure. uh, he helped me put together the 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 first album I put out with them called Moon You're Outside. Um, I pitched him something else that he we were gonna do. Um, but then we did this instead because it was shorter and smarter. Right. Um, and that was after like having engineered the. the I, I go back like I was on the first couple Arm and Hammer albums, and mm -hmm. then I was on one or one or two of the first few Woods albums. Um, but the the consistent relationship started with Hiding Places. So uh, right. I recorded that album, and then just from there, just watched it skyrocket. And then by the time I was working with Sharif on Decay, we put. Black Spider-Man on Call Me When You're Outside, mm, yeah. sort of like as foreshadowing. Because I was already talking to Woods about it, like, dude, you're gonna you're gonna like this album probably. Like, you want to start talking about it, and he was in from the beginning, and we just put it together. Yeah, and they're that, incredible. It's an incredible place to to collaborate. Like, they're just great yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, like they, you know, y'all are really like a creative first type of household, and like being able to experience that for. Three months when I um anybody who doesn't know I wrote a big piece on them for Pitchfork about Backwoods yeah. and I've been I'm like, with that. Thank you. yeah and yeah it's just like just just like being able to see all that in, in, um, I'm just like in first person like going over to Doug's crib and seeing the studio like these these guys are about their shit in that way and it's just really really fire to me um so I really want to so so yeah I really I really want to just like highlight a couple of songs before we uh, before we get out of here. Um, there's four that came to mind for me on my what fourth or fifth listen of this shit. So the first one naturally is Phantasm because Phantasm is the one I've been stuck on. Like it might like that and the christening and Ash Wednesday are my three favorite beats on the whole album. So like I've really been just like talk to me like like just like the guitar line and like the echoes and the bass. It's just like. Fog. Crazy beat. It's, it's 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 just it's just like fog rolling in over a building type shit. Like Phantasm. Yeah. Nah. Like I feel like it's a feel like okay. So Phantasm is the exact same sample as Think Pieces. So side A and side B really? are the exact same sample, flipped a different way. And I feel like it's just this guitar. I'd have to look, but in my mind, I feel like the sample on Phantasm is just a guitar hit that slowed down. Million percent, <laughs> and it just like drags out and sounds like something different. So there's like no drums, um, or there's like little drums. I can't even remember right now. But that's just a weird, not much to that beat in terms of stems and, and extra production. But there's just like a really strange sample, really fucked up. I loved it. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, and you love think pieces just just the same way. Shit like, my bones tingle. Right, yeah. that, that shit sounds like scorched earth. It was a bones what was so yeah, like? What was it like the first time you heard Phantasm and like? Woo. Yeah, just, yeah. Tell me. That was alright. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it definitely hit me from the gate, but I kind of took it and sat with it for a minute. So I want to say I might have 
took it to the crib, did my regular sleep to it on repeat. Yeah. Seen shapes and sizes and smelled the beat and <laughs> all types of mm-hmm. shit for like a month and then came back like, yo, listen to this, this is hard. Yeah. Rest was history with it, bro. Yeah, nah, like what a what a crazy way to open an album. It's just really like a scene setting type of song. And just like you just you just talking about like Pan's Labyrinth and Murder Grey Dragons and just like God. I, I don't even know. It's just, it's, just, it's just like... And we got to shoot an incredible video for it, if you haven't seen it. Yes. Uh, we went to his show, Poughkeepsie and Y. We went to Poughkeepsie. Far as hell. Dunstaff. Dunstaff still here. Dunstaff. Are you from Poughkeepsie? Poughkeepsie in the building. We're back, eh? Poughkeepsie in the building. Let's go. Really? Shout out to Dunstaffy. So yes, Dunstaffy's here. He's an artist. He directed that video. came out amazing. And, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's, it's just it's just tight. And then, you know, like, we, we've already talked about it a bunch, but I want to know more about Brandon Lee. Because, I mean, like, you know, you hear, you, hear, you hear a title like Brandon Lee, obviously the first thing I think of is The Crow and everything that happened with The Crow. He, for people who don't know, he was accidentally shot with a prop gun that wound up actually having a bullet in it. And he, like, he was supposed to get shot in a scene, and he wound up getting actually shot and died. It's pretty wild. The, the, the super change of events for the ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if y'all seen The Crow, but yeah. it, 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 it could have gone a different way, you know? Um, but yeah, no, talk to me about Brandon Lee. No, nah, that was one of those beats. I want to say that might have been in the second or third yeah. session of us recording. Yeah. So I want to say I took that home and listened to it, and I'm listening to it, and for some reason I'm seeing the color gray. I'm seeing foggy rain, and I'm thinking about that movie. Yeah. So that's kind of like where the hook came from, and I kind of let everything else just kind of naturally flow from that. Right. And what was that what, what, what was that beat like? Just like <laughs> I have no idea. I mean uh, yeah, like I didn't really custom make any beats for this project, uh, I don't think. Yeah. Like they were just most of the stuff in the pack and maybe like as time was going on I was making new ones, but I try not to be like this is gonna be for sure if I or, or like that. I just try yeah. to make weird shit and then let yeah. him pick. But um, so I can't remember any specifics details about that beat. That's but cool. That's hard, man. Like, like the fact that the fact that these all came from a pack and they still cohere. Yeah, that's, 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 you know, like that's, two that's, of us kind of going back and forth and no, making the world. Right. Yeah. No, that's one thing. Like, it was definitely a homegrown album. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because literally I was recording that Cyber City and preaching the Havana at the exact same time. Really. So I would come out yeah, here, yeah. go to Dove Studio. Jim Carrey, ninety-four. Re- Bring it down. <laughs> See? Come on. Jim, stop playing with him. For y'all who didn't hear that. I go to Dell Studio, maybe 12 to 2, dip out of there, go to my man's long spot from like 4 to 6, do some type of city shit. Shout dip out of there, go see my man face, do some preaching to help and stuff, 8 to 10, and then two hours back to Jersey. <laughs> Clap for that, y'all. Y'all yeah. gonna respect that shit. <laughs> two and a half hours. That's very real. But yeah. But, yeah, that was definitely something. One of the tracks early on that we heard where we kind of was like, all right, this is kind of the theme of the album. Let's keep this, let's keep this Brandon Lee conversation going for 15 plus tracks. And definitely, yeah. Because, nah, because to me, like, the concept of the album kind of came from just, like you said, we started it October 2020. So that was in the height of COVID. And everything crazy going on from just people not knowing where they gonna live at, not knowing where their money gonna come from, mental illness and suicides and everything at an alarming rate. So 
To me, it was kind of like the world literally died and had to relearn itself how to move again, how to function again from scratch. Like it literally was decaying. So that was we wanted to get the soundtrack for that. There it is. There it is. So the other, the, so, so the other two that really stuck out to me, um, the one like I know like, I love the project, but like the one where I heard it and was just like, like, like my neck wouldn't stop moving was Ash Wednesday. Like it's it's a uh, for lack of a better word, it's the most traditional song on the album. You know, it's 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 it's, it's one that's just like a drum break with like some with like some instrument some instrumentals and samples over it. Like yeah. that was so like what was a uh, what was it like putting Ash Wednesday together for the both of you? I feel like that came much later. It came towards the end of the record, and it was yeah, and it was different because it was more traditional. Right. But it still had that super fucked up weird piano, uh, yeah. like distorted piano. Oh. Thing. Yeah, so it stayed within the it stayed within the cadence of I think the album, and he just rapped fast on it. Like, that shit was that shit was hard. Yeah, I know I can rap faster like that. I right. Right. See, I'm thinking, hold on, hold on. Hold on. done. Uh, the christening, you rap Hold fast. on, right. say, shout out to all of the heavy set rappers that rap fast. We can do the fashion, so you skinny it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can do it too. Give it up. Clap it up. Come on, come on. The fit is rap fast. I gotta, I gotta. wrong with y'all. I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta say, like, the first time I heard Ash Wednesday, I thought to myself, like, who here's played Silent Hill before? Is anybody here playing Silent Hill? That shit, like, if somebody made a Silent Hill Saturday morning cartoon, that's what Ash Wednesday <laughs> sounds like to me. Like, that's like, that's like the theme song. Like, you got, you, you like, Pyramid Head bouncing in the back and shit. Like, I ain't gonna lie, that was, like, I liked when I wrote that. I was like, oh, I'm going to create relaxing, sensing, conversation, like, I was like, oh, I'm wilding on this. And it's faster than I usually spit. So that's one thing I kind of wanted to thank Dog for the production, give it up for my man Dog. Yeah, please. The production kind of had me writing in different ways in different pockets. And even people I was showing to early, like you heard it early. My man 89 Court, everybody heard it early. They was like, yo, this is dope. Like, you're doing something different. And I'm like, all right, Dove, thank you for that, man. Love you so much. My man. <laughs> and the last one that comes to mind for me was the christening, which you just mentioned. Um, just like. Once again, just like just my like, favorite song on the project, writing wise, I love the writing on it. Just, man, that song stuff, dude. That shit sounds like an acid hot tub. Yeah, acid hot tub. That I can tell a little bit, like that particular beat one and that one and one other track on the album. I didn't make. I usually make beats in a particular program. It was probably uh, just that. No. I remember I had you for the stems. Yeah, that, I so I didn't have stems for that. I just awesome. made it improvisationally on yeah, like yeah, some yeah, digital yeah. turntables, and it was just like this looping thing. Um, but it just the, the little bass loop had so much energy to it, and it just even though it was the same loop, it just felt like it was constantly moving. And then when he started rapping that fast, it's just like oh, there's so much movement to this track. Like that's a heavy track. Right. Yeah, I fuck with that. Yeah, it's, it's just like it's 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 just like rumbles. Yeah. It's 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 just like a hungry stomach. That's the only way I can think to describe it. That's the only way I can think to describe that shit. What the fuck? It's not a homie stuff. It's not like, yeah, that's hard to No, because now I'm about to do an album from the perspective of a stomach. Come on! But it's going to be eating different things, so it's going to be a uh, stomach only eating fruits, only eating vegetables, only eating 
Please, you started something with that shit. Hey, man. Nah, we need your, we, we, we need your food. We need your mm-mm food. You gotta make that happen. Food album. It's coming soon next week. I want that. It's all about Chinese food. This is, this is, this is the Chinese, this is the Chinese food expert right here. This is the Chinese food expert. We're gonna get Chinese food after this. Pull up on it. Yo, like, everyone yeah. in here just coming into the chat. <laughs> yeah, no, we're only eighty deep tonight, bro. <laughs> but um, before but before we formally wrap this up, um, and let and, and go to some Q and A and maybe some songs after. Um, what um, you know, just like like creating this project over the course of three years, right? Um, you make it, you find the vision, you find the home for it. Um, you know, like you start to get more into the backwoods universe and start showing up on features, and people start to, you know, like people start to know what you know. A lot of us already knew, and it's like Sharif's on some crazy shit. Like, how does it feel to like drop an album like this, having worked so long on it, and kind of have this be like a, you know, like relatively speaking, like a marquee moment for like the both of y'all? Because you know, like I feel like there's like a lot of layers for you and for you here. No, it's just a blessing. I just want to think. Everybody who saw the vision, supported it, and showed love from the gate, and even people that's been put onto it now. So, to me, that's where I'm at with it. I'm always just on the aspect of like, I'm excited for the next thing. I can't wait to get into the next creative vessel project-wise. I always want to inspire people who follow me and just close friends, close family, and all of that to just know that creativity has no boundaries. You can do whatever you want to do. Like. People out here trying to make it seem like you gotta be one way or this way, and it's like, bro, the creative vessel don't stop. You can write something now, three years, it can come out. You don't gotta rush it, you don't gotta put it against what the next man is doing, and you gotta put it against what you're doing. And that's it. So, yeah. so love all y'all who always supported, show love. Thank y'all, thank you. I'm a high man, Billy. Oh, motherfucker, love, love, all right. Conversation with people and like be within a community and kind of recognized as such. Like that's really, really, really no. special. No, you couldn't be. You couldn't even be true about that because literally everybody in the room, whether you actively doing certain creative, like whether it's animation, music, fashion, you put it here for something. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're supposed to do more than just work a nine to five and be alone and all of that type of shit. We're supposed to leave our mark on the world. And to me, that's what we all doing. Everybody who's here tonight, like, it's all about that. So absolutely, for sure. And to formally, and to formally wrap this up, um, the both of y'all, if your lives were a movie, what would they be about? It could be individually or together, depending on how you want to answer it, but yeah. <laughs> My movie would be about me discovering this world, becoming a martial arts teacher, opening a Chinese restaurant. But on the weekends, I work at a liquor store. 
Turn up. Give it up for Lucas Rose and Shot in the Doug, what about you? I don't know, man. I just want to open a studio, so I would, I would make a movie about that, and then I would work for Sharif at the Chinese bar. Oh! He's like, yeah, he's trying to get his bar. Musicians, bus tables, we'll do it. We'll make music in the back. We gotta, we, we gotta get, we gotta get Charlie Kaufman and Michelle Brown. That's, 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 A lot of people in this in these fields talk shit. They breathe bad energy. You always come with good energy, and it's coming back to you. So that's right. Keep going, bro. It's really fucking my pleasure. It's been it's been a beautiful building with the both of y'all, and just like seeing the seeing this, just like seeing the work that's come from it, and just like. Yeah, like since we're at the end now, before we before we open it up to questions, like, man, just like I just I I just, I just want to say like I I just gotta run through some names because we're here, you know, like yeah, yeah. you know, you know, like, shout out to Mike, big flowers in the back, he designed the logo. Yeah. Yeah. We got the beats, the rhymes, and the and the artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's like he, he's the reason this whole thing has a visual identity at all. If, if, if there wouldn't be one without him, so shout out to shout out to Michael. Love you, um, love you more. Shout out shout out to J Words, who I don't think is here. She made the intro. Oh, okay. All, uh, all however many, in all hundred plus episodes, they've all been her shit. You know, like shout out to her. Shout out to every Deja Vu Records for reaching out to me last week. Yeah. Shout out to Loudmouth BK. Yeah, shout out to Loudmouth BK. Like, You know, like this is a uh, my heart's very full right now, and I love every single person in here. And y'all really make it, y'all really made this shit worth it in a way that I don't know that I'll process until two weeks from now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, man. Like, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all. Um, before before these guys spend a few tracks, uh, does anybody anybody have any questions for any of us at all? Cool. How we? How, oh, how yeah, we yeah, gonna I, do got, this? I can pass. Just scream that shit loud. It's not gonna work. Alright, yeah. Like, he says not gonna work. I mean, oh yeah, that's true. You yeah, turn your damn mic on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it up for my man Booker Yes, please. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, Oh. That it'd be popping, it'd be jumping. That shit, it's a good energy. And it's closed right now. 
It's closed right now. But we're going to put some money in again and open it again. So, yes, I will be back at 35. Make sure those for 35. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, any other questions? Who, who got questions? Uh, yeah. Just we're gonna do some questions and I'm gonna do a little couple joints and we're gonna be here chilling. We got the vinyl, come pick up some vinyl, get a sound, we're gonna take pictures, we're gonna chill. You feel me? If anybody didn't get stickers, we got stickers. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Larry, please. Alright, boom. So call three, y'all ready? So I got into the Close that door, yeah? Close that door? Right. Kind of late. And <laughs> I started off with a lot of animation cartoons and shit. Yeah. Oh, fire. My first time, like, the crossover where I'm like, one, outside of Lion King, I think that's like every movie yeah. that's like, classic shit. This is classic. Such an R-Age classic. Yeah, like, early 90s, like, late 90s shit. It's like, wow. So look, that nigga. Um, but the first time like I had animation cross over to my world on some holy shit, this is like a movie movie with Sue Frank Roger Rabbit. They freaked it crazy. Great choice. Yeah, they freaked it crazy. So my question is, what animated film like really hit you for the first time? Oh, Sheree first. My dream. Fantastic Planet all day. Fantastic Planet. Damn. Damn. Oh. I'll say Fantastic Planet and Lion King. Lion King was hard. Jizzo Jones was wild. Damn. I mean, I mean, like off top, the first thing that comes to mind is Osmosis Jones for me. Like that, 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 that movie's so pivotal for me in like eighteen different ways. Like <laughs> that movie's so hard in like eighteen different ways. So like the animation's gorgeous. Like I know how the human body works because of that. I I, I learn more. I, I learn more from that movie than I learn from any science class. God damn. <laughs> and they had to say Mooney Chicks joint. Yeah, stop playing with the joint. Stop playing with the chick. And, and the soundtrack was crazy too. It had the St. Mooney Chicks joint. It had the De La Soul joint. Jesus. It had the Solange Knowles joint. All of them. Okay, okay. Said, okay. I, I do remember most of those. I lost that CD and I'm so mad about it. Terrible. What about you though? <laughs> First animated? First animated. First animated, yeah, man. Those Disney, we had, when I was a little kid, we had all those Disney VHSs. Fantasia, do you remember that shit? Didn't have words, right? There wasn't dialogue. Like, that was, was a trip. Visual. Yeah, like, I remember that being really fucking cool. Little Mermaid. Like, that was that looked cool to me. Uh, I feel like I'm a little, a little old for Tarzan. That's a little later. What were the first to do? Um, Fantasia was crazy. Sword in the Stone. I remember that. Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone is crazy. But yeah, I have a question. What's up, Nagos? Oh, what's going on? Speaking of Osmosis Jones, I have a question for all three. Yeah. Is Osmosis Jones a Chris Rock movie or is it a Bill Murray? Good question. So, so, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's probably a Chris Rock movie because for for me personally, he's the reason I enjoy that movie. Like the movie, for anybody who doesn't know, the movie, like all the animation had already been done before they even casted a human actor to be in it. So like, so, so like that was already there. So like to me, that makes it a Chris Rock movie. What's Bill Murray's character's name? Uh, Frank. Frank. Bill Murray. Frank. Yeah, it's Frank. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even got the last name. It's just Frank. <laughs> Me personally, I'd say more of a Chris Rock just because he got a cooler voice. Yeah. And what he was doing was doper. Bull Murray, eh. Yeah. 
He messing with Khalees, but <laughs> so he got Chris. He got he over Chris. He over Chris Rock with that. He over Chris Rock with David Khalees. No, David Khalees way better than being in the movie. I ain't gonna front. Stop playing with Khalees. Bro, what about you? Do you have anything to add? To? I have not seen it. Again, that show better be fire. You want to see our Mrs. Jones? That show better be fire. Okay, I'm gonna do the way. I'm gonna be nice. If we watch Patriot, you gotta watch out. I will. Alright, cool, cool, cool. Okay, I think we got time for like maybe two more questions. I say, see, we got one, two. Hell yeah. Very, very, very good. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's streaming on some free service right now. That's cool. where I saw it. If it's on, if he said it like, he said that should be free. If it's on Tubi, that'd be perfect. Shout out to my dad. My dad has that movie on DVD in the back. He's, he's back there somewhere. Shout out to Papa Real Mode. Shout out to Papa Real Mode. This movie's wild, son. I'm gonna check that shit out. Yeah. Hey. You, you, you have a question, Simon? Oh. And then, and then we got Reg in the back in the message. My G. Hi. Um, hey. Long time listener, first time caller. Wow. <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> Give it up for my man Silas. He got a new project out there too. Him and my brother Lawrence who are change great shit. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, if there were a recent movie you've seen that you wouldn't mind being reincarnated in. Ninja Turtles. Facts. <laughs> Donatello! Donatello! Right. So, man. I'm going to say, of, of all the things I've seen recently, um, I'm gonna say either Pan's Labyrinth because I just watched it again recently. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. I love the aesthetic of it. I, love I, mean, it. I, I mean, like outside of outside of the fact that it's about war, it's really sad. But like, I love the Fawn. He's one of the coolest things ever made. Then maybe that Blackberry movie because I like oh. I like I like I like watching rich white people yell at each other and ruin their lives. So. That's 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 the pitch. 
that's the pitch. But we got one more question from coming coming from right over here. Hi, hello everyone. I had a specific question. So you know how like Jamie Foxx played Ray Charles, yeah, and stuff like that. When they inevitably make a Fat Boy Sharif dub and Dylan Green biopic, <laughs> who you gonna have play y'all? Who you who's your cast member? Who you casting as yourself? Oh, that's a good question. For me, I'm gonna either say Forrest Whitaker or still from Drew. <laughs> I'm a fat nigga that can act. I'm a fat nigga that can act. I'm a fat nigga that can act a little better. Either way, I'm good. Doug, what about you? I'm going to say my answer to last. Forrest Whitaker is playing me. Remember I tell you first. Matthew Broderick. You don't do shit. He asks himself as an actor. You need a better actor. You pick. Yeah, All right, yeah. so for Dove, I'm going to say Will Ferrell. What? <laughs> Will Ferrell would be a great dog. <laughs> but the snacks, the snack ball and all that, I'm playing with Will Um, Scarlett Johansson. So if you don't understand, let me explain. She plays... Every, like there was the whole um, Ghost in the Shell thing when she was playing an Asian yeah, lady. Yeah. The movie's trash. Movie's <laughs> so like the whole joke is that she can play literally anything. So Scarlett Johansson can play. God damn. No, 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 no. Honestly, honestly, the dude with the dreads from uh, Best Man Holiday. Savion Glover. Savion Glover. Or that nigga that played Bob Marley. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.